Welcome to the Scott Townsend Show, brought to you by Dietzo Man Productions. Hey, this is Scott Townsend. Welcome back to the Scott Townsend Show. And today I have with me a returning guest, Ben Townsend. He's uh, joined me on more than several occasions in the past. We have a mini-series about meetings and how to have a better life how to live a better life through having better meetings. And so we've talked about several different aspects of meetings. And uh, today we'll be talking about uh, making sure you've got the right people in your meeting. How's it going, Ben? Good. How you doing, Scott? I should have introduced you a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah, this works. (laughs) It's a long intro. So, yeah, Ben's executive producer of the Scott Townsend Show. He's also my uh, little brother, although he's taller than I am. But anyway, so meetings, why is it important to have the right people in your meeting? Well, I mean, presumably, if you're having a meeting, you're trying to accomplish something. Um, You know, and, and meetings can range pretty widely, but I mean. You know, there's some discussions you have in you have in meetings that are very have a very specific focus. You have a very specific outcome you're looking for, um, and, and there's some meetings I think where it's just you're communicating broadly. Um, mm-hmm. Like if you are, if you're in a leadership position, you have an organization, and you need to have you know regular meetings just to keep people informed about things that are going on, take questions from all the people on your team or teams, you know, this could be 20 people or 500 people, I suppose. Um, you know, it's still important to have the right people in the meeting. Uh, so I think you want to keep it scoped in. If, if it's just a broad um, type of uh, communication session, that audience is going to be bigger. If you're trying to make a decision about something, that audience is going to be much smaller. And then the other thing, too, is if you have like, <clears throat> if it's just an ad hoc meeting and, you know, something comes up and you uh, pull some, maybe some of the usual suspects into a meeting or uh, <clears throat> just people that in general you think will be able to add value, that's one thing. And I would agree that if you've got a specific goal or uh, an outcome that you uh, have the luxury of uh, planning and uh, putting together for a meeting sometime in the future. Now you've got time to craft who is going to be in that meeting Mm -hmm. and uh, it's going to be more purposeful, but it's probably also going to be more, like you said, it's going to be more uh, important, impactful, um, Things like that. Yeah. And, you know, it, 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 I think it also depends on, you know, the type of work you're in. Um, you know, in the work that I do in the technology field, you know, I'm a pretty technical person. Um, but I also um, am a consultant. And, and I talk to customers all the time and they don't know anything about data or data analytics, or I won't say they don't know anything, but they, that's not their uh, area of expertise. Doesn't mean that if you're a technology person, you're smarter than they are or whatever. 
you know, if you take that attitude, it's going to come through and how you communicate. So uh, you really can't uh, fall into that mind trap of thinking you're the smartest guy in the room. This is just your field of expertise. And, and as a customer um, or the person that you're consulting, you know, has questions or they, they may have an idea about the way they think the technology should work. And I think you got to listen to that um, to, to understand kind of where they're coming from and try to formulate what actually is the, the issue they're trying to resolve. And then you come and bring uh, your expertise to bear, you know, to get the best solution for that, that issue. But, you know, in those kind of conversations, um, you know, I think you also need to have folks in the meeting. I think you want to get it down to the, the decision makers in that meeting, people who can really articulate the issue that they're facing. And then as a, as a consultant in this case, uh, I think it's pretty valuable to have some other subject matter experts in the room, both on the side of the business decision maker you're talking to, so they can answer some specific details from a customer perspective about the nuts and bolts of things. And likewise, you'll want those kind of people in a technical conversation like that as well, who can speak up about certain technical details. That's, that's having the right people in the room. But I think also as important as having the right people in the room is having the right people in the room who understand their role. And, um, you know, if, you, if you're having people, your technical experts in the room who talk too much or, you know, if they, they want to kind of take over a role as consultant rather than answering uh, specific questions when called upon that, that can go a bunch of different directions. So you have to have a lot of trust in those people and you have to understand each other's roles. Right. No, that's a good point. When you're inviting people to your meeting, uh, just in general, what skills are you looking for in a person when you're having them attend your meeting? What's the ideal meeting candidate? Well, again, you know, I, I, you know, if we've done a good job of understanding the problem that we're trying to solve and we have our agenda, that, that sets up pretty specifically, um, you know, w what kind of skill sets you're going to need in the room. You're going to need decision makers for sure. You're going to need uh, some decision support people around them, again, to, you know, to get into uh, details of process. It doesn't have to be, you know, technical technology type work. It could be. Right you know, uh, talking to an excavation company and you have a guy in there that actually runs the excavator to ask certain questions about his preference on, you know, what makes a comfortable cockpit for an excavator. I don't know. I mean, something like that, you know, you, you want, you want to be able to refer to people like that. Um, but the skill sets, uh, it, it gets into, okay. So if you, if you understand what you're, what, what problem you're trying to solve, that's going to kind of stake out the potential questions you're going to have. Do you have the right decision makers in the room? Do you have the right people in the room who can ask whatever questions may come? And the fewer people you can invite that covers those bases, the better. Uh, otherwise, it, it can get right. too, too difficult, too unwieldy, and people aren't comfortable speaking in a room full of 50 people, you know, when uh, seven will do. Right. I think having somebody in the in the in general 
<clears throat> some of the general skills that uh, I look for is someone who has, uh, you know, thinks different, divergent thinking uh, is, you know, uncovering and disarming political landmines. You don't mm-hmm. want someone who is coming in to plant the landmines. You're wanting someone, I think, who's who can identify a landmine that might be exposed or is getting ready to drop, and they can disarm that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a room full of advocates, really. And yeah, yeah, I see where you know, you, I see where you're going with that one, and yeah. I think that's such a great point and and things that that you're, you're kind of hitting on an area uh that's been a a very specific challenge in some of the the meetings um that i've had you know even recently um, about having people on your team who as a technical okay so as a as a as a product manager um i describe the what here's what we're going to do for the customer as a as a technical team the team that I work with to actually put their hands on the keyboard and bring that thing to life, they describe how. So I work with the customer to describe the what. Here's the outcome we want. And then I give that to my technical team and the what is already defined. We know what we're doing, but now they got to determine the how. A lot of times or sometimes, you know, the people who are doing the how, they want to get more involved with the what because maybe they don't agree with the direction that it's going. Maybe they don't under understand you know your strategy, um, you know, in the same way that that you understand it as a person who is driving the strategy, or maybe they're just trying to influence the strategy in a different direction. Uh, and if that tug war happens in front of the customer, that is never a good situation. So you have right. to trust the people that are in the room. You have to be on the same team when you're in in the room talking to customers or having a meeting where you're talking to a decision maker and trying to help them go to a success reach a successful conclusion you do not want a debate among your own team uh, mm-hmm. you got to have that family discussion before you go in and you have to agree never to try to solution in front of the customer never debate each each other in front of the customer or the people that you're meeting with whether they're a customer or not mm-hmm. because you want you want to represent yourself well you know, you, right. you want you want to appear, you know, even even if there's some things you're not quite sure how you're going to work through, you don't want to air out all your anxiety about what the technical solution is going to look like in front of the customer. That, that just makes the customer uh, lose confidence in your ability. So everybody and a customer questions and a customer in this case could be someone who's buying your product. But the customer could also be your general manager. Yes. Your customer could be. <clears throat> Internal, external, anybody. Yes, exactly. So it doesn't have to be someone who's, when you say customer, a lot of times I think of someone who's buying your product or service, but a lot of times it could be uh, your boss, your general manager, your president, uh, whoever. Yeah, yeah. And, and for uh, people internal to a big company, that that's when I say customer, that's yeah. what my customer looks like. I'm not selling mm-hmm. a coffee mug mm-hmm. or a piece of furniture. I'm in mm-hmm. there selling data and analytics solutions. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, somebody else may be like, uh, you know, like Janet, my wife, mm-hmm. she's in there selling financial management solutions, accounting solutions to somebody. It's not, it's not mm-hmm. a physical product. It is a service. And if you're internal to a company, no matter what you do, you have 
customers in that process. You have people that you are delivering things to, and they can either be happy with what you deliver or they can be dissatisfied with that. So all of us have customers. Um, and I think it's helpful to look at them as such. You know, another quality or skill uh, is just some good old fashioned problem solving skills. People in your meeting who can, you know, take two different ideas, combine them together and, you know, and be able to see something that no one else sees. Uh, right. Just some, just some good old fashioned problem solving skills. Right. Yeah. And I think part of the problem solving skills, again, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it's defining the problem because, you know, I've heard it said that a well-defined problem is half the solution. So, you know, when you're in the meeting and, and, and you are, you, you're going to deliver something to somebody, I'm going to deliver this report to them, you know, tomorrow, cause they just asked for it. I'm going to deliver to them, you know, this piece of software, I'm going to deliver to them, whatever you're delivering, you know, when you're taking the, basically you're in there taking requirements from somebody <clears throat> and you want to understand, yes, you want to understand what they're asking for, but you really have to get in their head to figure out what problem they're trying to, to, to solve because they may be trying to get too far into your world as a technical person uh, or wh whatever your technical expertise is, whether it's doing podcasts or it's doing accounting or it's doing technology or engineering or whatever it is. You know, your customers may feel like they know enough about it to describe what they want using your terms. Uh, and mm -hmm. maybe they can. Uh, but most of the time, I would say they really don't understand the full range of potential solutions. And you don't want you don't want that baked into what they're asking for. Right. You want to understand that. But you also want to understand the, the actual problem they're trying to, to solve. And if they're asking for I need a report that does X, Y, Z. And you find out that the problem they're really trying to solve is um, to satisfy a regulator's request for proof that you followed the, the process, right? If you, under, mm -hmm. if you really understand the problem, the solution you may devise as the expert may be different, look a lot different than what the customer is actually asking for. What happens when uh, you don't invite someone to a meeting who thinks they should have been invited? I mean, I, th I think this is where, you know, understanding the roles that everybody's playing uh, is really important. And, and that with your leadership team, you got you do have to be very careful that if you're not, if they're not there, you can't, if it's something consequential, you know, you can't go and make decisions that's going to affect your leadership team with that, with at least, without at least telling them, you know, making them aware of the conversation that's going to take place and what you're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if, if they want to be there, um, then I think, you know, it's politics and this is where politics kind of creeps into things. But, you know, maybe uh, as long as they're not going to be too disruptive, um, you know, I think it's OK to have them in the room, even if they're not a direct participant. But if you can avoid it, it's best. Mm -hmm. They need to rely if they've hired you for a reason um, and and hopefully they're not going to micromanage you as a as a person, you know, who is. You're not a beginner in whatever you're doing, right? You're, you're at the level where you could also slide into leadership. Mm -hmm. If you're at, you're kind of at that level, you know, they, they need to respect that role. Um, and you know, not, not, not micromanage because nobody likes that. And, and somebody who is very, very good at their job, if they get micromanaged, they'll go find another job. They'll go somewhere else. Um, by the same oh, token, right. if you throw somebody to the wolves, you got somebody brand new in a job and you give them, 
you know, a, a, a um, task that is more appropriate for a senior or lead level person, you're going to intro person, uh, they will also leave because what they need actually is handholding. Um, mm. and, and, and they're, they will, their anxiety level will go through the roof, you know, mm-hmm. if you overload them with things way above their pay grade. So either end of that scale is, you know, something to pay attention to, uh, at, especially at a leadership level. I, but I think the, the biggest risk in having leadership in the room is that, uh, they try to take over the right. discussion because they feel like as a leader or for whatever reason, maybe right. they just they just talk too much. I don't know, but uh, they feel like they have to be the one in there offering the solution because they're the leader. You know, right? Uh, if you have that kind of leader, I would say that's where you got to get better at your manage up skills mm-hmm. uh, and manage up and, and encourage your leader. You know, we're gonna we're gonna have this meeting. I will give you uh, the the takeaways from this. Here's what I'm trying to accomplish. Let you know how it goes, and and try to get them to. Uh, you got to manage up sometimes and, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but you know, that that's life. And that's what, that's the, that's the, uh, kind of that gray zone area where you might succeed with it and you might not, but that's what you have to try to do. I think. Yeah. I've seen that happen so many times. Uh, we were in a big group meeting and the, uh, the head of the biz, I'll just say head of business, uh, kept piping up and offering their opinion and, and, uh, and, and acting like what they were saying was the solution. Mm-hmm. And the, and, and the person who was actually running the meeting, uh, one of the managers eventually just looked over at the other person offering all this opinion and said, I think I got this. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody, <laughs> They got it. We got it. Everybody understood that <laughs> we all we all we're all seeing what's going on here, you know. Right. Uh, uh, so anyway, one time I was in another meeting where I had technological problems at the very beginning, and it was a large meeting. There was a lot of people in there, including my boss. And uh, the more technological the problem was, or or the more problem I had with this technology the more anxious I got and the more anxious I got, the more problem I was having Mm -hmm. and it kind of snowballed on itself, you know, and uh, you know, your palms start to sweat, the clock's ticking. And instead of long story short, my boss stood up in front of everybody and just started conducting the meeting, which was my meeting Mm -hmm. and just took over. Mm -hmm. And and uh, I was standing up front and he comes up front and just takes over. Mm. And I had more than several people come up to me after that meeting go, what the heck was all that about? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if you, you think you're fooling people, but people see right through that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. it's just, uh, I, I don't know what that is. It's ego. It's micromanaging. Um, it's very uncomfortable. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that that's a tough one, man. Uh, and and that's just, you know, that that is usually, you know, that is somebody that is relatively. That's not a seasoned leader, right? Right. 
uh, you, you don't have those types of issues from season leadership. Season leadership understands that people are the most expensive thing in their business. Um, and if they mismanage that spend, <clears throat> you know, they're damaging themselves and they're damaging the company and they're damaging somebody's career. So you got to get the most out of those people. And to get the most out of those people, you have to understand how people work and how to create as a leader, you know, create a workforce that's capable of doing the work that your team is supposed to be doing. And if you're thinking as a manager that you got to do it all yourself and constantly come to the rescue, you know, <clears throat> you're getting in your own way and mm-hmm. your team's not growing and it does not scale well. You know, some of, let's talk about some of the people you do want to have in a meeting. Someone that I, I think is nice to have in a meeting, um, if you can afford to do this, this isn't every meeting, of course, but from time to time, especially exploratory meetings or vision casting, whatever, it's, it's nice to invite people who are like from the front lines or maybe invite someone who's out on the manufacturing line. Someone who, you know, we're always hearing each other speak. It's like an echo chamber. Um, but, there, you know, you want to you know how the job is really done. Go ask the people who are actually doing the job. And yeah. I think sometimes it's nice to have those people's perspective. They don't need to come in as an authority on anything, really. But when you're, when you're talking about plans and projects and stuff like that, they've seen so many of these plans and projects come down the pike. And they're the ones that have to execute it. And, you know, if you have a seasoned employee, someone who's been there a while, you invite them to a meeting to kind of just listen to what we're talking about. They can usually come up with some really good ideas or tell you, you know, that's really going to be tough to do. Or, you know, they'll definitely have an opinion. And sometimes I think we overlook those people and and their their insight. Yeah, I, th- I think I think uh, I, th- I I mostly agree with that. <clears throat> I would say if those people um, are going to be helpful in in, get, in getting to a, a, a solution on something, mm-hmm. um, if you're if you're trying to sell something, you know that that could be useful. If you're having if you're trying to if you're having some sort of exploratory meeting, you know maybe it's not a cons- consultation with somebody mm-hmm. you're trying to convince them. So maybe it's exploratory. The more of that type of meeting it is, I think the more of grassroots input you want to get because yeah. you want to understand the problem from all different angles. Right. And certainly, you know, ultimately you got to think about it this way. If I just come at all these people on the manufacturing floor <clears throat> with a solution and I don't involve them, when I roll it out, they may, they may look at it and go, well, this totally sucks. And we didn't know it was coming. We know nothing about it. Why didn't they ask us? Right. So it's wise. I think if you want buy-in from those people to get them involved early on, get their opinion. I think it's also good to have someone who's known for strange ideas. Yeah. You want, you want people who can think outside the box for sure. You know, who can, who can really um, help you, you know, solution. Cause really what that person is doing is they're helping you throw mud at the idea and see what sticks, you know, and you want that. You no, know, you don't want, you don't want to do all that in front of a customer. Right. But, but it depends on the kind of meeting again, but you want to thoroughly test out what you're proposing as a solution or whatever. 
you want to show your coworker the report you're getting ready to take to the boss to say, what do you think about this? You know, should I, should I use a box around this or not? Should I highlight this or, you know, whatever. And, and, and kind of pressure test it a little bit before you take it in for prime time. Cause it's always helpful uh, to get somebody else's opinion. Uh, right. Fact, they're saying, you know, only a fool keeps his own counsel. It's kind of mm-hmm. along those lines. Um, mm-hmm. It's just simple wisdom, I think, uh, to get more people involved in uh, sharing ideas and pressure testing yours. So, yeah, I mean, you know, keeping getting the right people into your meeting is so beneficial. I think we can both agree on that. What's the bottom line with getting the right people into your meeting? For me, again, my rule of thumb is I keep my meetings as small as I possibly can without leaving out people I'm really going to need in that conversation. Mm -hmm. That's what I got to do. And so, you know, the the kind of meeting you're going to have is going to change. And and that's going to, like I said early, early on in this conversation, you know, it could be you're a leader talking to 500 people or you could be on a tiger team. Those are two completely different types of meetings slash gatherings. They require completely different approaches and, and completely different types of people uh, to have in those meetings. So if you understand, if you have a lot of clarity on what, what, the, what your purpose is, then that will pretty much tell you who you need to have in that meeting, whether you're out there selling cars or copy machines or you know, you're, you're uh, a, a medical sales rep, whatever, whatever you do, podcasting, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's going to, the people obviously will be different. The skill set's completely different, but I think the, the approach um, is um, pretty consistent. Uh, and, you know, as, as we're sitting here talking, just, I think one, one more point here is, you know, sometimes you can get people a meeting, you really need them, but they, they tend to talk too much. So you need them there to observe the conversation so they can help you later. But I think it's fair game, you know, to talk to those people before the meeting and say, hey, I need you to be in here to listen to this discussion. But this is going to be a really tight, focused discussion. And I basically want you to be on the fly on the wall. But I think you're really important to have here and do that kind of uh, prep work with people in the room who you might think is a challenge, who might be a challenge mm-hmm. in that situation because, you know, they talk too much. They're not mm-hmm. bad people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, this is not their strongest, uh, skill set. So I think that's, I think that's fair. And if you do that in a respectful way, uh, I think you can pull it off. The other thing is, you know, if you are having some sort of exploratory meeting where you're talking about ideas, uh, I think it's important to level set a meeting like that and just say, Hey, you know, if that's what it is, just this is an exploratory meeting. We're going to discuss different ideas for something. So we want to get as many ideas as possible. So that's why we have all these people in the room here that do the work. They're super creative. We really, really need your input. But what we're not going to do here is evaluate those. So mm-hmm. you know, we call those the idea assassins. You know, somebody says, well, I think we, I think we should make this thing and it sh- we should deliver it in, you know, six different colors. And somebody goes, well, that will never work uh, because that's why it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it may not work. <clears throat> they may be 100% right. Mm-hmm. But you kill the creative the creative process if you right. have idea assassins in the room. So if that's what you're doing, <laughs> exploratory uh, things like that, then you got to be aware of certain things like that. And there's different types of meetings where you have those gotchas in there. So you just kind of, based on your business, you got to identify what those gotchas are, and mm-hmm. just set the ground rules and say this is what we're going to accomplish, and we're going we're going to do ideas of what we're not going to do, 
is evaluate those um, and and you can make it funny and say no idea assassins. There we go, ha! Yeah. But they get the point, yeah. right? Yeah, right. I think that's important also as as a facilitator. Oh yeah, that's so funny. It's funny you bring that up because we used to we used to make fun of uh, guys that would be idea assassins and when they would when they would shoot down some idea, I would always act like I'm taking a shotgun. Yeah. You know, <laughs> okay. Yeah. That one's down next. Anybody else up? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, when that happens, man, you kill people's creativity. Then the next guy who's going to, who has a the brilliant idea that you're really trying to get to, which is the reason why you're having the meeting. All of a sudden he goes, well, I'm not speaking up my idea. Cause I don't want, yeah. I don't want to get shot down here. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to be made to look like a fool, so I'm zipping it right here. And they go, Fred, what about you? And he goes, no, I'm good. <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously. And he's the one with the answer. And he's the one with the answer. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Ben, for all the info and your insight on uh, having the right people in the meeting, in your meetings, and uh, better living through better meetings. It was a good time. Yep. All right. Thanks, Scott. Enjoy the discussion. Have a good one. Hey, you too. So for Ben Townsend, this is Scott Townsend. Thanks for listening to The Scott Townsend Show. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you later. The Scott Townsend Show is a Deeds Man production. For more episodes, visit the Scott Townsend Show YouTube channel, listen on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.